At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. Father's Day, everyone. It is VEASAN's Betting Across America, live from Las Vegas and Denver, Colorado. Hope you're having a relaxing weekend. Get ready for the final round of the U.S. Open. Sit back and relax because we also have Game 7 and Game 1 in the NBA, along with a full card of baseball and the continuation of a series that a lot of folks around here are paying very close attention to in the National Hockey League. I'm Adam Candy here at the South Point. James Salinas joins me from Denver, Colorado, and a happy Father's Day to you, James. Uh, I know that when we talked on Mother's Day, you were getting all of the cooking ready. You were going to be doing all of the heavy lifting. Uh, what, What are you doing today? What is the family treating you to today? Well, I've already been out, and I've got the smoker rolling, so they've done all the prep work. I just had to do some of the basic pieces when it comes to utilizing the smoker because not everybody knows how. Apparently, it's kind of complicated, so I I feel like a smoker expert here because that's really my role. I do most of the cooking here, so I'm not going to be doing the cooking today outside of I did get things prepped for the smoker. So the the fire is set, the the grill is smoking, and so we're going to have a great day. We're just going to be here at the house and entertaining a few other folks coming over, so it's 
going to be a great day here for Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to everybody out there as well. No, it certainly sounds like a fantastic day. And I mean, let's be honest, it's Dad's smoker. And so if Dad wants the smoker to be right, you probably have to go out there and get everything set up. So there you go. Uh, looking forward to hearing about the results of that next week. Today, of course, we have a full day of sports for all the dads out there to enjoy. number of baseball games that are just about to get going right now, James. I know you have interest in particular in one. Uh, yesterday, we had a two-home run game from Francisco Lindor for the New York Mets. Mets and the Nats are getting underway right now. Nationals minus 108, Mets minus 105, pregame total 8.5. What is your angle here, sir? Going Mets first five in this game. I got stung yesterday. Both games I had, both baseball plays I had, had the lead with both dogs late in the game. And then the bullpens came crashing crashing down again so a little gun shy now to go back to playing a full nine and in this case I do like the Nats bullpen better than the Mets but I don't like the starters out here for the for the Nats versus the the Mets Taiwan Walker takes the hill for the Mets today he's been very pitched very well so far this season for the Mets 12 starts 10 of those starts to earn runs or less so has given them plenty of quality starts throughout this this half well midway through this season here uh, for for New York and I think the other side Patrick Corbin has not. So he's given up three earned runs or more and a number of times far more than three earned runs in nine out of his 13 starts. And, you know, he, he he does live upstairs in the zone that tries to get that slider when he gets ahead. But the problem is he really hasn't been getting ahead of batters and so hasn't been able to utilize his slider when he is ahead as much as he has in years past and having to live more so up in the zone and, and has been tagged pretty good. His fastball does not have much tail to it. So uh, here, not that I'm in love with the Mets offense by any means, but I'm just going to go here first five because really it's just the pitching matchup that I'm going with. And boy, did you have uh, the bullpens come crashing down on you yesterday. I know the A's and the Yankees as well. That game looked to be in hand with the Athletics up 4-1 to in the fifth inning, and then all of a sudden the Yankees come back and win that game 7-5. to Yankees minus 152 here today. Uh, A's coming back at plus 142 after the A's. Uh, as a dog that James and I both liked yesterday, got out to a nice big lead, and then unfortunately uh, for those A's betters not able to make it pay off in the end. Pre-game total nine and a half today. Also have the Indians and the Pirates about to get going. That uh, another of these 1.05 p.m. starts here on the East Coast in baseball today, as well as the Blue Jays and the Orioles. Pirates minus 135, Indians plus 125 with a total of eight. You've got Brubaker and Henches going in that one. In the Yankees game that we mentioned, it's Jordan Montgomery and Sean Manaya, a pair of left-handers going in that one. And also Blue Jays and the Orioles, that one at Camden Yards. Hyunjin Ryu is a big favorite on the road, minus 170. Baltimore plus 155 coming back. Ten and a half the total. Uh, the artist formerly known as Matt Harvey going for the Baltimore Orioles in that contest. So obvious to see why the Blue Jays are a fairly sizable favorite down there at Camden Yards. Beeson's Betting Across America is live here from the South Point Hotel and Casino. Adam Candy is live here at the Sportsbook and James Salinas in Denver, Colorado as we 
not only go through this Major League Baseball card that's starting now, but we have to look back to, uh, I think, one that is going to be looked at as an instant classic from last night between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Brooklyn Nets, 115 to 111 in overtime. Uh, James, this was one that through, I mean, we did not have a moment throughout this ball game until the very end where I think we knew exactly what was going to happen because but probably six, seven point game in the first half. Then Kevin Durant hits the big shot at the end of regulation, but Giannis and company are moving on. Uh, this depleted Nets team, which was the title favorite, ends up out on the sidewalk. And now you have the Bucks waiting for the winner of the Hawks and the Sixers. We'll talk about that game coming up here in just a moment. But looking back on last night, what jumped out at you most about the Bucks and the Nets? Kevin Durant's shoe size. Adam, he's an 18. He's got a shoe size of 18. He should have wore his 17 and a half foot shoe size yesterday because that three or that deuce that he had to basically what a second left when he knocked that down. If he's got a what a half inch smaller, that is a three pointer. And we're talking about the Brooklyn Nets and Kevin Durant moving on. Thinking about the the Nets in this series, though, how different was this series? James Harden goes out in Game One, one minute into the in one minute into the ball game, really comes back as he comes back latter part of the series, playing on one leg and clearly couldn't get to the basket, couldn't play the style of game because he's such an explosive player off the bounce to be able to 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 beat you and then utilizes his body so well as far as positioning as he makes his way to the cup. But th- thinking how his shots were very short again, just no legs. Everything was having to shoot from his shoulders and torso. And then Kyrie Irving going down midway through the series with his ankle injury not being available. Clearly not the Nets team that we expected to see rolling in with the big three against the Bucks. And, you know, the Bucks had to fight and they took advantage of it and, and they moved on. I think that's the biggest thing here for the Bucks is now the confidence. What does that confidence bring to them moving past the team like the Nets, even though they were severely banged up uh, with the big three? I, I think for Giannis, very aggressive. Aggressive again. He did take more three-point shots last night again. Six three-point attempts where he took none in game six. He clearly went to the rim, but he went to the rim early and often in this game too and shot relatively well for Giannis at the free throw line. Was eight out of 14 and uh, and thinking about how he struggled at the free throw line. Part of it is he just spends way too much time there and the more time you're sitting at the foul line thinking about it too long, but shot better at the free throw line. Uh, Not a great shooting game from the Bucs in this uh, throughout the series for the most part, in particular for Holiday, not another, really another poor performance shooting the basketball. He was 5 of 23 and 3, or 2 of 9 from 3. I think he was 1 of 10 the game before, and they got nothing from the bench. It was really just Connaughton coming off the bench. Forbes, he spot minutes, he played 5 minutes, so I think that's going to be the concern. All right, for the Bucks, what is this going to look like going forward into the next round, whether they play the Hawks and or the Sixers? Uh, what are you going to get from this bench? And I think that's the key here. It's it's Giannis being able to score and get to the rim. But if it's playing against the Sixers, is he going to get to the rim with such ease like he did against the 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 Nets here when you know you have Embiid sitting in there patrolling the paint? I don't know, a lot of things to unpack, but I think we need to wait to see the result of the Hawks and the Sixers tonight to see who their opponent is going to be for Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals. Kevin Durant, 48 points. My uh 
points, rebounds, assists under 52 and a half. Almost got blown up on points alone there by Kevin Durant last night. Uh, James Harden ends up coming up with 22 as well as uh, that's probably about as much as you could have expected out of Harden with the health that he had. And it really is a shame that we don't get to see this Nets team go any farther and see what they could have done with full health. But uh, these are the breaks in the Milwaukee Bucks. Still healthy, still moving along, and they are waiting for the winner of the Hawks and the 76ers. That game gets going at 8 p.m. here this evening. 76ers got as high as 7 yesterday. They're back to 6.5 here today. Total of 216. Uh, Obviously, if the Sixers win that game, they will be the home team for the Eastern Conference Finals. The Hawks would go on the road in that case. Moneyline, Sixers, minus 280. Hawks, plus 240. Uh, James, what do you feel in your bones about the Hawks and the Sixers here today? I don't want to even talk about my bones as banged up as <laughs> this whole body is here. But thinking about where, let, let's talk about intuition, I suppose, and, and thinking about the Hawks. I, I took the Hawks plus the seven. I just felt like the number, it was just more betting the number than the thinking about game seven. And as well as Atlanta has played, in particular for Trey Young, I know he's dealing with the shoulder injury. Everybody's beat up and banged up at this point of the season. And uh, and as well as Trey Young has played, it, it can he be able to have another since sensational game. He's had plenty throughout the the playoffs this series with Philadelphia as well as against New York in the first round of the NBA playoffs. Can he duplicate that? I don't know if he can duplicate it again to be able to go and win this game on the road. I feel like Philadelphia is going to win this game, but seven points was just too big for me to pass up. I feel like this is not an Atlanta team that's going to throw the towel in and or if they fall behind, feel like all is lost because this is a team and in particular this series, think about the last game where they were in there in Philadelphia. What were they down? 24 points at some way midway through the third period. No quit. This is a team that fights. They compete and it's all led by Trey Young and his, I think the ceiling is still higher for Trey Young. There's still more to come from that young fella, but the confidence that he exudes out on the floor, his ability to shoot from his range on the floor is as soon as he crosses half court. But what I really like about the Hawks, what we've seen in both series, the Knicks and this Sixer series, sharing the basketball. This is a team that doesn't feel like I need my touches. Everybody knows their role. They know what they're, they play to their strengths. And in particular, Trey Young does trust his teammates. So I don't think it's all on Trey Young's shoulders to have to shoulder the scoring load today, but they're going to have to have some guys step up. I think from, from the perspective of John Collins was a no-show in game six, had a really great game five in Philadelphia. Uh, And also, what are we going to get out of Bogdanovich? How is his knee feeling? I'm sure he's going to be out there. He's got to gut it out and suck it up and get out there and play. Uh, But I, I think in particular for me, this game here is the bench play and the two veterans that come off that bench with uh, with Gallinari, Gallo coming off the bench, his size, his ability to shoot the three, his veteran presence, as well as Lou Williams did not play well in game six. He had a very good game in game five. I think we see better performances out of Gallo as well as Lou Williams, the veterans coming off the bench to keep this game tight, to keep it competitive. Still think Philly wins, but I took the seven with the Hawks. I think it was just the, the number was just too good for me to pass. Well, and you also look at this relatively low total of 216 and play out the fact that is there going to be a seven-point difference in a game with a total that low if if you believe it's going to play out that direction? I do. I do think this. uh, my lean is under on this more than the side just based on the fact that these two teams, as the series has played out, gotten to know each other a little bit and seen some of those scores settle down. 
the other piece of the equation here is, and you and I talked about this yesterday, Bogdan Bogdanovich, we're, we're just not sure. Uh, you know, the sore knee is threatening his status for this game. He is a big part of that Atlanta offense, their most reliable three-point shooter. Gallinari can be the guy who steps in and replaces that. It's a very similar skill set for Danilo Gallinari, but can he step up into that role and take it over? And, of course, the other piece you have to factor in, and we've seen Joel Embiid be able to play as well as one and three-quarter legs will let him play, but that meniscus is torn. You never know when that could flare up on him. We've seen a couple of second halves in this series, in Game 5 and Game 6 in particular. I should say Game 4 and Game 5 in particular, where uh, Joel Embiid in the second half just was not able to perform up to the level that the 76ers needed. So uh, it is an 8 p.m. start between the Hawks and the Sixers, and we will be paying close attention to that throughout the day here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com. Earlier, a 3.30 Eastern start might be right in the middle of your Father's Day brunch or barbecue, as the case may be. The Clippers and the Suns get the series underway from Phoenix. Uh, The Suns. Back to a four-point favorite with the news that Chris Paul remains in health and safety protocol and will be out of this ball game. 220 is the total. James, no Kawhi Leonard on the Clippers side, no Chris Paul on the Suns side. What does that do to the way that you look at these two teams? For the Clippers side, we've seen plenty of games with the Clippers have had to play without Kawhi Leonard. So this is the team that knows how to play without their their superstar and their championship leader in Kawhi Leonard. We saw it in the last few games in the series against Utah, and we've seen it throughout the regular season as well. He missed 20 games, did Kawhi Leonard. Out of the out of the 72, he only played 52 games during the regular season. So this is the team that is used to playing with Kawhi Leonard on the bench and knows how to, whether it's through the rotation, I think that's what we see also through the series is whatever your regular rotation was throughout the regular season, that changes based on your opponent throughout the series, and we see adjustments made, and I think Coach Tyron Liu was able to make the key adjustments against the Utah Jazz going small. All right, if it's Gobert going to be out there, and yeah, how are we going to be able to get at him and get to the rim? Uh, Pull him out away from the basket. We're going to run a lot of five-out sets, and we're going to put Nicholas Batum out there, and he's a stretch five that can shoot it, and pull Gobert away from the basket. What are the matchups that we see here? And I think that's going to be key to getting into the series. I'm not going to get into the series, but I did take Clippers plus four in this game one once I found out that Chris Paul was not going to be there because I think the other side of this is, what does that look like for the Suns when Chris Paul is not on the floor? First year there with the Suns and spectacular job of him coming in and taking over the, the not only facilitating the offense, but the leadership role with the very young Suns team. Now, not with the, with their leader off the floor. They only played two games without him this season. Chris Paul played a major 70 out of the 72 games in the regular season uh, was on the floor. So I'm not really sure exactly what to make of the Suns outside of they're not going to have their leader there. So I looked at it. We talked about how much energy was expended from the Clippers, and it's been a lot of energy, and I thought hard about that because we discussed that uh, pretty, pretty in depth yesterday about thinking, all right, is it going to be not only that series against the Jazz, but also the seven-game series against the Mavs in round one. From all the players, as much energy and intensity I had to go through there, uh, it can be a bit draining. And now you're going to go face a Suns team that's been raiding and resting, resting for a week. They played very well at home. That Suns 
crowd really gets after it. I feel like this is going to be an opportunity here where not only I, I have Clippers plus four for the game, but I think we're going to see the absence of Chris Paul play out in the second half, Adam, is really where it's going to be key. As it gets tighter and we get into the third and the fourth quarter in particular, you're not going to have your leader, your facilitator there in Chris Paul, your veteran to lean on to get you into the right sets, to get the guys the ball in the right spots to score. Now who, who takes on that role? Is it Devin Booker? Obviously going to have to take on the scoring role, but who's going to facilitate? That's where I think I'm leaning here. Not only I did take the Clippers plus floor, I think I'm going to look to get more in-game. I think the Suns come out hot early, but I think that will regress. We'll get a better number as the game progresses, considering if we get a tight game, I favor the Clippers come fourth quarter because this is a team that's used to playing together without Kawhi Leonard. Speaking of coming out hot early, home run the first inning for the Washington Nationals. one nothing with a man on second and the threat continuing. The Oakland Athletics behind Matt Olson have a solo home run to get them out to a one nothing lead. And the Baltimore Orioles, uh, here's a shocker. Matt Harvey has the bases loaded against him in the first inning for uh, the Toronto Blue Jays facing a full count here as the Blue Jays try to get going on the early side. To the point that James mentioned about the Suns and the Clippers. Uh, first half numbers on the game. Looking here at the South Point at Phoenix Lane 2 with a total of 112 in that opening half. This number has come down from 221.5 at open to 224, the full game total. Uh, James, the exact score of the series and the series winner, we've seen the number uh, shorten up just a little bit on the Phoenix Suns. Open 225 yesterday when we were first discussing it. Now at Phoenix minus 200, Clippers plus 165 for the series. Uh, looks like most of the exact score has stayed the same in terms of the pricing. Uh, how do you even come close to handicapping this right now, not knowing from game to game, are you going to have Chris Paul? Are you going to have Kawhi Leonard? I feel like this is one where I can't really get involved in any of these six-game, seven-game, how long is the series going to go? I can't either, Adam. I'm thinking about thinking about the Clippers. I think I'm going to handicap the Clippers going forward that Kawhi Leonard is not going to be available for this series. So based on what we've seen with them with the regular season when he's off the floor as well as those handful of games where he wasn't available for that Jazz series, okay, now we can put a kind of put a formula together. What is this going to look like for the Clippers going forward in the Western Conference Finals? The other side, without Chris Paul out there for the Suns, I really don't know how this is going to roll out. I think if you want to get involved with the Suns in the series, you probably don't do it now because I, I just, I really feel like Chris Paul not being there, the energy and the, the they're going to be rested like we talked about and I think the Suns come out blazing early in this first half, but I think as this, the, the game continues, I think we're going to see the Clippers, they know how to play in that fourth quarter together with the players that are are, are to, that are going to be out there on the floor as opposed to the Suns. Where's our leader? And I think that's going to show out in the fourth quarter when it comes to execution on both sides of the floor because ultimately uh, Chris Paul is a very good on-ball defender as well. Not as good as he was in his younger days, but he's still an intense defender on that side of the floor too. I think his absence is going to be sorely missed when it gets to the second half and in particular fourth quarter. So I think if, you're, if I was going to want to get involved with the Suns, I got to know the status of when Chris Paul comes back and I'm not going to bet a series price on the Suns right now because he's clearly not there, and I think they lose tonight. 
lot of pressure on Cameron Payne, who stepped in for Chris Paul back in the Lakers series when he was unable to go. And you did get some good play uh, out of campaign, but it is a much different animal to talk about doing it here in the conference finals for the Phoenix Suns as opposed to a mid-game switch against the Los Angeles Lakers. In just about 40 minutes, we will have our senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel joining us to talk more about both of these games today between the Hawks and the Sixers and the Clippers and the Suns. When we return on Betting Across America, Vegas Golden Knights coach Pete DeBoer has made a very interesting decision that is going to affect how you want to bet this game between the Golden Knights and the Canadiens. That's on the other side. You're tuned in to VEASAN's Betting Across America here on the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. 
like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Betting Across America, live from the South Point here in Las Vegas, presented by BetMGM. I'm Adam Candy, joined by James Salinas in Denver, Colorado, and we'll get you updated on hockey and what the big decision that appears to have been made by the Golden Knights is in just a moment. Quick update from baseball. Uh, The Blue Jays do end up stranding the bases loaded in the first inning. And then the Orioles come up in the bottom. Trey Mancini to dead center off Hyunjin Ryu. Anybody who's betting first inning runs today, uh, if you bet on the yes, you are making some money because there have been runs all over the place as now Patrick Corbin has allowed a home run to the New York Mets to 1-1 ball game in Washington. And uh, the Yankees just sent one out to the wall as well. So offense aplenty in Major League Baseball as we get going here early. Game four between the Montreal Canadiens and the Vegas Golden Knights gets going here this evening, uh, an 8 p.m. Eastern start in game four. Montreal, the number four seed out of the North Division, is leading this series two games to one. Golden Knights minus 175, Canadiens plus 160 on the money line. Total is up to five and a half now, underjuiced at minus 130. According to Jesse Granger of The Athletic, Peter DeBoer, the head coach of the Golden Knights, has decided to start Robin Leonard in goal for the Golden Knights. Uh, Last we saw Robin Leonard, I'm sure you remember, James, he was giving up seven goals to the Colorado Avalanche in game one of the previous series. The guy is who the Golden Knights relied upon, though, last year in the bubble. He was their starting goaltender. They signed him this offseason to a five-year, $25 million contract with the intent of him being 1A and 1B with Marc-Andre Fleury. But, James, I I have to wonder if if Marc-Andre Fleury is not injured about the message this sends to the Golden Knights with Marc-Andre Fleury's gaffe at the end of regulation having been the reason that Montreal was able to win that game and go up two games to one. Uh, Again, we don't know if there's an injury involved here, but if there's not, certainly feels like a bit of panic from the Golden Knights. And and possibly, and that's where I made the bet earlier, and and it wasn't about the... I I took the Canadians again, plus 155. Didn't find any 160s out here, but that was the best number I could find find is plus 155 in favor of Montreal here as that home dog and this was more so about just more this was more so a bet of on the Canadians as opposed to where the the Knights were with their goaltending situation and and I think you're right I think as far as you know the message that it sends to the team I think if if you're Marc-Andre Fleury don't you want to get out there as soon as you probably want to get out there yesterday to redeem yourself from that gaffe that he had with just two minutes to go in the third period that didn't lose the game for him that that gaffe tied the game 
for the Canadians and ultimately were able to go on and win in overtime. But I, I would want to get right back out there. That competitive the, that competitive redemption you want to get, all right, I got to make up for this. Let's get back after it as soon as we can get out there. And now he's just going to have to spend more time sitting and thinking about it unless it is something physical. Now, that's a whole different story. We'll never find that out. We know there's no transparency when it comes to injuries in the National Hockey League uh, for any of these teams, especially when we get into the Stanley Cup playoffs, Adam. But here, I just I, I like where Montreal is at right now. After being down 3-1 to one to Toronto in that first series, what a blitz these, this team has had. 9-1 and one since then, and thinking about how competitive they've been in between uh, one, four games in overtime, their penalty kill has been sensational over the last 10 games as well, and then thinking about what they have in goaltender. There's no, we're, we're not going to see Kerry Price subbed out today. That guy's in there, and he has been on top of his game all series and all playoff long here. So you got him starting from the goaltender out for the Canadians, as hot as this team has been, how hungry this team is, and I feel like this is a team that really got galvanized in that Toronto series. Uh, this is where I, I, I'm going with the home dog here. That plus 155 was just too good of a price for me to pass up, so I'm going to roll with the Canadians again. Understandable why uh, the numbers don't necessarily speak to what we've seen go on in this series because even if you just look at one game and you see the last game where the Golden Knights did fairly well when it comes to the puck possession, Corsi numbers, and so on and so on, you see that Montreal built throughout the game. They got better and better as the game went on. And you have to wonder, uh, as the series goes on, if Montreal continues to settle in that way, they're already up two games to one. Uh, David Shane of the Las Vegas Review-Journal asked Peter DeBoer in the availability this morning, is Robin Leonard starting? The exact quote from Pete DeBoer, not a chance I'm confirming that. So uh, take it for what it's worth. Robin Leonard was the first goalie off the ice this morning at Morning Skate. If you follow hockey, you know that that nine times out of 10, 99 times out of 100 leads to that goaltender starting in net. Night. It'll be a very interesting choice to see if it can turn things around for the Golden Knights. More when we come back here in just a moment on Betting Across America from VEASAN. on VEASAN.com. Every day we're posting the betting splits on every game of the major sports with current odds and what percentage of bets and money are being placed on each game. Check this info daily to find out which games are seeing the most tickets written and if that matches the money coming in on those games to help you find a betting edge. And of course, we have all the odds, data, and analysis for every game as well. Start your next sports bet at VEASAN.com. This is Betting Across America. We are live from Las Vegas and Colorado wishing you a happy Father's Day as hopefully you are getting ready for a great afternoon of U.S. Open golf. You have a three-way tie atop the leaderboard right now as, uh, of course, most of the leaders still yet to get underway from Torrey Pines in San Diego. Uh, we will update you on U.S. Open odds a little later in the show. James, uh, right now, I, I have some very interesting questions to ask you about 
football. Maybe I just find them interesting. Hopefully you'll find them interesting too. I don't mean to speak for you. Uh, which quarterback is going to be a little too high on the passing totals you're about to hear? And which quarterback's going to be a little bit too low? Um, some young quarterbacks, second-year starters, and we have their passing yardage totals over or under for the upcoming season. So let me throw some names at you. Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Tua Tonga-Vailoa, and Jalen Hurts. Herbert, 46.50. Burrow, 42.50. Tonga-Vailoa, 38.50. Jalen Hurts, 3,800. So you hear those numbers, and do any of those sound particularly high or particularly low to you? A couple of them do. I'm going to start right there with Joe Burrow, 4,250 yards. When is he actually going to see the field? They talk about, yeah, he's going to, he's working his way, and the therapy, you know, his rehab's coming along great, and he's going to be, we're talking, penciling him in for week one. I think that's malpractice if he plays week one. He had his surgery in December, and it was major reconstructive surgery. It wasn't just an ACL injury, and that's that's enough of a reconstruction as it is. But he had they, other damage in there. I think his MCL was damaged, too. So he's had – it was a big surgery he had to go through. And, yeah, he's a young guy, and young guys can bounce back pretty quickly. But do you want to throw him in there come week one, knowing that it's only nine months removed from major knee surgery? And then also, even if he does play week one, Adam – Think about that offensive line he's playing behind. What did they do to, to bolster that? They didn't go after Penny Sewell there when he was available at that left tackle position. Didn't go that route. They wanted to go offense and, and Jamar Chase. And, yeah, terrific player at the wide receiver position. But I really felt like they needed more help at the offensive line because we saw that play out last season. And thinking about how Zach Taylor utilized the passing game where uh, that second game of the season, Burrow's throwing over 60 attempts. And I remember we talked about this last year during the season thinking how much how many more times is he going to put him out there behind this bad offensive line and he's throwing he's dropping back 40 plus times a game you're going to get the young kid hurt and you know knee injuries can be fluky but yeah he did get hurt unfortunately and missed the remainder of the season i just can't think here with burrow if he even if he does start week one that's a lot to ask to go over for let's just call it 4251 passing yards way too much to ask here with a bad offensive line and not a fully reconstructed healthy knee I'll take a different second-year quarterback for too high, and that's going to be for me, Tua Tungavailoa. Um, we didn't see much out of Tua last year to give us confidence, not only in his ability to push the ball down the field, but in his head coach's confidence in giving him that chance. Uh, Tua Tungavailoa was basically checked down Charlie throughout the year, and this offense was not willing to open it up, and whether he's ready or not, I'm just not sure that they're going to be willing with the style that Brian Flores has played with the defense to open things to the point where Tua Tungavailoa is going to be throwing for a bunch of yards. The other thing is, uh, can you feel confident that Tua is going to start all 17 games this year. I don't feel confident in that at all after what we saw out of this Miami team because if you look at the rest of this roster, this is a win-now roster. This is not a team that's necessarily in a mode to sit there and wait for things to come around. Now, it's not like you have a better option than Tua Tagovailoa in the camp, but at the same time, you can't live with him throwing for 150, 175 yards every game and win in the modern NFL. We have a number of quarterbacks who changed places uh, but faces that we are very familiar with, Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Carson Wentz. Stafford, 4,700. Goff, 4,250. Fitzpatrick, 3,900. Wentz, 3,800. 
Let's start with Stafford at 4,700, and just seems awfully high to me considering what are we going to see out of the Rams on the defensive side. We know how, how what a tough defense they're going to be. They were last year, and, and really Aaron Donald being banged up and not himself in that playoff game at Green Bay. Uh, fully healthy now, obviously. Everybody's got to stay healthy, but thinking about their defense, their defense is going to keep them in plenty of games, and I think for McVay, yeah, he's, he's he, he likes to th- spread the football around, and now he's He's got a big arm to go out there and probably expand the playbook, but also knows they got to have some semblance of a running game and got away from that a lot of times. And and I think here, 4,700 yards uh, with a team that is going to be competitive each and every game where it's not going to be, well, we're behind. We got to get out there and all right. Got, let's keep slinging the football around. Stafford, we need you to save us because our defense can't get stops. Their defense is going to be competitive each and every game. I just think 47 yards, 4,700 yards out of Matthew Stafford where they may be in front of a lot of those games based on their defense and trying to grind some clock out. You don't do that by slinging the ball deep down the field. The number that's interesting to me, and this is more from a betting perspective than it is in my level of confidence in the player, is Carson Wentz at 3,800 yards. Uh, That is a very low number for a quarterback who is going to be given all of the leash. Uh, Carson Wentz is there to win with Frank Reich. He is there with a full complement of receivers and offense that should be expected to be a a 30-point-a-game offense. And it's just a matter of getting Carson Wentz fixed. And can you do that? I'm not sure, and I'm not going to give you a football analysis of that, but I'm going to tell you the 3,800 yards is not a big number to get to if Carson Wentz is just out on the field every week. I mean, over the course of a 17-game season, let's even say he plays 16 of those games, and you play it out with 3,800 yards. I mean, the guy is throwing for roughly 250 yards a game to get to that number with ease. And again, in today's NFL, that is not a lofty number to have to reach. Uh, Quickly before we head out to this break, James, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, 4150, Zach Wilson at 3850. Either of those jump at you? Maybe Lawrence on the over. They're going to be trailing a lot of games. He's the face of the franchise. And I think with thinking about their division, pretty weak division when it comes to defenses. Outside of the Colts, you get to play the, the Texans twice. And I don't like Tennessee's back secondary either. And I don't want anything to do with Zach Wilson going over those passing yards. That offensive line's a mess. It's, uh, they were a 1-15 team. That's a bad football team there. Uh, I think Zach Wilson's going to struggle in New York with that offense. So I'll go under with Zach Wilson. More coming up in a moment. Some updates from Major League Baseball. And we, of course, will get you ready for NBA, NHL, and the U.S. Open as well here on Beeson's Betting Across America from the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick 
and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Sign up today and win $100 if you place a $1 wager on any NBA playoff game and either team hits a three-pointer regardless of your bet's outcome. Simply use bonus code VEASAN100 when you place your first bet. Enjoy the playoffs more than ever with BetMGM. New customer offer. Paid and free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan dissociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In Tennessee, call or text the red line. 800-889-9789. Indiana, call one 800 9 with it, this promotional offer is not available in Nevada. And Nevada, where we are coming to you from here on Betting Across America from VEASAN and VEASAN.com on your Sunday afternoon on your Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. I'm Adam Candy at the South Point in Las Vegas. James Salinas is in Denver, Colorado. The U.S. Open is in San Diego, California. Tory Pines, to be exact. Let's get you caught up. 
on the latest from Tory Pines, where we have a three-way tie for the lead as we head into the final round. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes, Louis Oosthuizen, Russell Henley are all at five under. And what I find most interesting isn't necessarily that grouping of some names that if you follow golf, you've heard. But man, does it get fun when you look at the group chasing after that. Rory McIlroy at three under along with Bryson DeChambeau. Then there's Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm along with Matthew Wolf at two under. DJ, Morikawa, Shoffley, all at one, then down to even par. You're going to find Brooks Kepka and Justin Thomas, among others. Jordan Spieth at one over. All of those players are in contention to some degree here today in the U.S. Open. Why do we say that? Well, not a single player has shot three subpar rounds just yet. So a blow-up is always waiting around the corner for someone, especially with Sunday hole locations at the U.S. Open. The leaders will go off here. It'll be a little bit, uh, 12.55 on the start for Mackenzie Hughes, so about two hours. But looking at your updated odds, Louis Oosthuizen, 3-1. to one. Bryson DeChambeau and Rory McIlroy, both at 5.5. Russell Henley, 6-1. to one. Mackenzie Hughes, one of the leaders, if you believe that he might be able to hang on there, at 9-1. to one. Rom at 10. Shoffley, Scheffler at 20. DJ at 25. More and Matthew Wolf at 28. Brooks Kepka. Uh, I grabbed a little piece after we talked to Matt Humans yesterday at 16 to one. Uh, that is now out to 40 to one. If you believe that Brooks can come from uh, that far back in the pack, stay tuned to Veasan all day long for coverage of the U.S. Open. Of course, our hosts of the Long Shots podcast, Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds will keep you updated on everything that's going on at Torrey Pines, their pre-tournament bets, as well as your live betting opportunities on the favorites down the stretch of what should be a fantastic finish in the U.S. Open from Torrey Pines in San Diego. Right now, we have golfers on the course, but most of those are out of contention. We also have a number of Major League Baseball games that are in swing here at the moment. A lot of early runs as well. Four games got started on the 105 p.m. Eastern mark on the clock. Indians and Pirates no score in that ball game at the moment. Total is down to five. Pirates at home minus 177 over the uh, Indians. They went off minus 130. That game's in the top of the fourth inning. Closed with a total of eight. Orioles on a Trey Mancini home run have an early advantage. That is in the bottom of the third inning now between Toronto and Baltimore. Baltimore minus 165 total is down from 10.5 to 8.5. Matt Olson, yes, Matt Olson has hit his 20th home run of the season here in mid-June for the Oakland Athletics off Jordan Montgomery. The A's have a one to nothing lead in the top of the third inning over the New York Yankees. Yankees uh, closed at minus 138. That's some late money coming in uh, on the Oakland Athletics. A's were plus 128 coming back. Eight and a half is your live total. A's are minus 132. Live Yankees are plus 105. Mets and the Nationals 
Get an early home run from Kyle Schwarber. Seventh home run in 13 games in the leadoff spot for Kyle Schwarber for the Nationals as you've got Taiwan Walker facing off against Patrick Corbin. It is a one-all game between the Mets and Washington. Eight and a half, your adjusted total. That is also where the game closed. That is the bottom of the third inning. You've got the Nationals minus 155 and the Mets coming back at plus 120. Nats closed minus 113 pre-game. James, uh, we talked about what's coming up here with the Vegas Golden Knights and the Montreal Canadiens, but we should look back at last night's game between the New York Islanders and the Tampa Bay Lightning. I know that for the way that the bullpens treated you in baseball, the Islanders treated you much better uh, last night. Three second period goals for the Isles. They hold on to win 3-2 to two against the Tampa Bay Lightning. This series is nodded at two, headed back to Tampa Bay on Monday evening. Game pushes the pregame total of five here. Uh, James, you've bet the Islanders a couple games in a row. This time they come right back and they help you out. What did you see last night between Tampa and New York? Adam, it's funny. You mentioned the bullpens and the meltdowns that I had with the two baseball games that I played yesterday. Late inning leads for both of those underdogs and couldn't hold on. That it almost felt the same way here. Do we? Can do we have? I know we don't have bullpens in hockey, but it sure felt like it with the meltdown coming in that third period where they had the three goal lead. And I started focusing more definitely on the basketball game at that point, feeling good, especially with the Islanders at home in Nassau, three goal lead. And yeah, next thing I see. It's three to two, and then how that game finished with ultimately just a, a kick save from a defenseman having to slide over and keep the puck from crossing the crossing into the net. Uh, I think there. I think the Islanders here. We talked about it yesterday. Same scenario that we saw them being down two to one at home in Nassau, game four, just like the two previous series, both against Boston and against the Pens. And, you know, they had been there before, so it wasn't going to be a sense of panic for them. And I think on the other side for Tampa, we've seen some lulls in their play and their level of intensity play out in a couple of games. I think we saw that in game three, where to me that that second period in game three carried over into into the third period where New York was the, the, they controlled the tempo of the game. And we definitely saw that in period two where they were able to get out to that not a sizable lead three to nothing. And, and sometimes it just feels like there's 60 minutes in the hockey game, but it doesn't seem like Tampa is playing a full 60 minutes when it comes to their level of intensity. And coach John Cooper kind of called them out after the game about that too, saying, Hey, this is a 60 minute game and not a 40 minute game. So I think now series tied. Now we've got a three game series with the home. ice still advantage with Tampa, the way it started the series, but now you've, you've, it's just a different mindset here with the, the Islanders because they've been there and done that the first two series. But right now, yeah, it's a little different scenario or big different scenario. I guess we should say Adam, because you are going against the defending, the defending Stanley cup champions in the Tampa Bay lightning come game five. I am fascinated by this line for Monday night here, James, with the Isles plus 170, uh, Lightning minus 185. I'm going to read you some numbers. Shooting percentage, 7.45, 7.45. Save percentage, 92.55, 92.55. Shots four in the series, 94 to 94. Goals, four and goals against, 7-7. Seven, seven. These are all five-on-five five numbers for the Isles and the Lightning. The Corsi four is 51.7 to 48.24. What I'm getting at here, these teams are flat even in this series. These two teams are basically 
not mirror images of each other, but they are playing each other to a draw. You've had three one-goal games in this series now, and to see the Isles out there at plus 170, I'm really stunned by that line. Uh, pre-game total is five, the over heavily juiced at minus 135. Of course, you've had three of the four games in this series be five goals or under. Um, anybody who wants to go back in on the aisles will have my seal of approval in this one. And it's not based on that. I think the Islanders are a lock to win this game based on the fact that these two teams are just as even as can be. And at plus 170, uh, you're getting pretty good value on the Islanders on the road. Even if you factor in the home ice advantage for Tampa, that game is an 808 Eastern start on Monday night, updating the futures for winning the whole thing. Uh, see the Lightning here at plus 170. Golden Knights still 2-1. to one. Isles 4.5. Canadiens at 5-1. to one. Uh, James, I find it interesting that Isles tied at 2. Canadiens with a 2-1 lead. Uh, both have some longer numbers on them. Longer numbers there, and ultimately now momentum, I guess, on the side for sure, the side of the Canadians right now, and have the advantage of playing game four at home. So, if you wanted to take that long price, this might be it. I, like I said, you know where I stand with the Canadians. I took them plus 155 today. So, if I was going to get a vol, right now, I think the Stanley Cup futures is so difficult. I'm, I'm struggling to figure out who's going to win these series, let alone move on and then advance and win the Stanley Cup. So, the numbers are pretty short now. You talked about the Islanders and the Canadians, especially the Canadians. Canadians right there sitting at five dollars yeah I, I'm getting through this I, it might be something more so where I might look to if I was going to play that I'd probably play the series price right now on the Canadians and maybe if it's a game it went in six games something like that and then roll that over as opposed to just playing that right now um, I'm not saying here that I think the Canadians are going to win the Stanley Cup because right now Adam I don't know who's going to win the Stanley Cup I'm going to tell you that if you're going to ride anything right now, ride a hot goaltender because these teams have shown through these two series that there's not a lot of gap between them in terms of how this series plays out in matchups, right? The Golden Knights are a more talented roster. The Tampa Bay Lightning are a more talented roster, but these matchups have proved to be challenging for both of these talented teams. I'm going to see that Andre Vasilevsky is third in goals saved above average, and Carey Price is fifth in goals saved above average. They're the only two goaltenders uh, going right now that I think are truly uh, worthy of getting that hot label. NBA's got a Game 7 and a Game 1. Coming up here later today, our senior NBA insider Jonathan Von Tobel is going to get you ready for both of those games on the other side here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening.